Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, God's given me a good message for us tonight. It's called finishing what you started. You know, I'm talking about us and God as well. But I'm talking about us. You know, there's an old expression I heard that what you need to finish what you start. And, you know, that's what we need to be working on is we have started a relationship with Jesus Christ. We have started walking in the ways of God. We have started an adventure with Jesus. And we need to complete it. The Bible says those who endure to the end shall be saved. You know, it's not enough to get there part of the way. It's not enough to get three-fourths of the way. It's not enough to even get seven-eighths of the way. You've got to make it to the very end, the very tail end of everything. You've got to get to the finish line. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12 tonight, verses 1 and 2. If you would, turn your Bibles there with me this evening. I'm sure that we've all heard about the tortoise and the hare before, right? That's my illustration for us tonight, the tortoise and the hare. Because the tortoise, you would not have, if you were a betting person, you would not have put your money on the tortoise. Because everybody knows the tortoise is very, very, very slow. And that we know that a rabbit is very fast. Tortoise and the hare. In other words, the hare is the rabbit. We know that they're very fast. And so you would have put your money on him, I'm sure. But you would have lost all that money that you bet. And you know why? Because the tortoise ends up winning the race. The, the hare started out like game busters. The hare started out, I can picture in my mind's eye, the hare started to make fun of the tortoise and running circles around him, back all the way around him several times before taking off for the finish line. Well, the thing, problem is that he never reached the finish line. He gave out of gas. He stopped. And he couldn't make it to the finish line. And so the tortoise, as slow as he was, won the race because he was able to finish the course. Because even though a, a tortoise is very, very, very slow, they are very, very, very persistent as well. And they're going to get to where it is they're trying to get to. And that's what happened with the tortoise and the hare situation. But you know, because I want us to understand something here tonight, folks. It's not how fast you can run in order to get to the finish line when it comes to living your life for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about because I've heard of some ministers who actually start out like gangbusters. And they and they get a lot of popularity. And they get a lot of people starting to follow after them. But something happens along the way. And all of a sudden they get detoured. And all of a sudden they no longer pursue the call of God upon their life. And for whatever the reason. And they don't make it to the end. So what we need to understand tonight is this. Even though we may have a slow start in getting... To the finish line. As long as you keep going, you will get there. And your life will be changed. It'll, it may be by small little increments. In other words, 
You may think that you're never going to get to, to where you would like to be in Jesus. But the point I'm trying to get across tonight to us here is this. Is that you will continue to grow. You will continue to move forward. You will continue to inch your way to that finish line. If you just continue to trust in the Lord to do it. If you continue to, to seek after God. If you continue to live your life for Him. He will make sure that your life stays on a, on a basis of change. And that change will, may be very small increments, but it will take place. And you will be able to look back at your life and say, hey, look at the progress I've made. Because there are, is going to be progress. Hebrews 12, if you would stand as we honor God at the reading of his word tonight. In verse 1 it says this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. We thank you for showing us how it applies to us in the year 2023. We thank you tonight, dear God, that you're going to take this word and you're going to implement it into our heart and life. And we're going to live it out on a daily basis, Father. And we're going to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor that it's done. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Finishing what you started. Therefore, in verse 1, therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, I've got it in my, my Bible has a comment here. It says, the heroes of faith are not spectators watching us from heaven, but rather their lives are witnesses to us having successfully overcome. In other words, they're not so much as spectators watching us in our race, in our Christian walk and race with God for God. They're, they're more like examples. If you read chapter 11 of Hebrews, you'll find again and again where it says, by faith, so-and-so did this. By faith, so-and-so did that. By faith, so-and-so did this over here. In other words, if you look back, it's not going to be that there's so much as being a spectator, but as being someone who's encouraging us to do what they did to get to the finish line. And that's what we need to be doing. We need to realize that our Christian walk is a race. It, it, it's a lifelong race. And I didn't get involved in it until I was almost 27 years old. But you know what? Since then, I can't say that I've grown by leaps and bounds, but I can tell you this. I'm not the same person even as I was on the first day I got saved. I have grown over the years. I have been plodding along. I have been the tortoise at times. Sometimes I feel like I maybe have been the ferret, the hare. But you know what? I don't mean by that, but when I say that, I don't mean that I feel like I got defeated. What I mean is, is that I felt like I had a jump start 
In other words, I kind of jumped out there for a little bit, but then all of a sudden, I'm more like the tortoise because I just kind of started plodding along because I don't want to lose ground. You do not want to lose ground to your enemies. You don't want to lose ground to the devil. You don't want to lose ground to the demons of darkness and hell. You don't want to lose ground to any of your foes and any of your enemies that you're dealing with and grappling with on a daily basis. You don't want to lose ground to those. You don't want to, excuse me, you don't want to have to continue to walk around the same mountain 40 for 40 years until you finally get the victory over it. Because let me tell you something, folks. There's things in each of our lives that we may feel like, I can't overcome this. And guess what? On your own, you're right, you can. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In other words, as long as I'm relying on Him, I will continue to be victorious over every demon of hell that I face, over every temptation that comes my way. I will eventually be able to overcome that thing as long as I'm still trusting in God and not in myself. Because I can't win the battle without the help of God, without the influence of the Holy Spirit in my life. And so what I'm here to tell you tonight is this, folks, that we need to understand that there are, there may be, let me tell you something. This, this was, a, even after I got saved, okay? Now, this was a bad habit I had. I used to do Copenhagen a lot. My wife will even tell you that. Because I was married to her, still doing it. But you know what? I decided one day enough was enough. And I decided I'm not going to do this anymore. And I just decided that I was going to turn it over to God. And I just decided I was going to pray and believe God to give me the victory over that thing. And one day, I finally took a half a can of Copenhagen, and I threw it in the trash can, and I said, no more. And you know what? From that time forward, I haven't touched Copenhagen in many, 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 many years. And that's what I'm saying is that I finally was able given the victory. And, and there's other things in my life as well that God has given me the victory over. Things that I didn't think I could actually get over, but I did. It says here in the rest of verse number one, it says, let us lay aside every weight. In other words, there's going to be weights in your life. There's going to be snares in your life that's going to try and keep you from and hinder you from moving forward in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> but let me tell you something. As long as you don't quit, the Holy Spirit will continue to help you. He'll give you the strength. He'll give you the power. He'll give you whatever it is you need in order to be able to be victorious in that area of your life. There are some places in your life that the Bible calls strongholds. A stronghold is anything that hinders you from fulfilling God's call and will for your life. That's what a stronghold is. In other words, it starts up here. It starts in your mind. That's why Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says to, that we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Because what you do stems from what you think on. In other words, if I think about it, 
And if I harbor it in my mind long enough, and if I just focus on it enough, all of a sudden, that becomes a habit in my life. And hold on a second. Pastor Laura, would you, there's a sign or something out here on the bulletin board. It's a, about that big and about that wide. And it says something about habits and character and all that stuff. Bring me that, if you would, please. I want to read it to us. Because it's important that we understand that what we dwell on is what we're going to start doing. And our character is developed out of our thoughts and actions. And we've got to come to the point and the place where we decide that we want a godly character. We want a holy character. We want a pure character. We want to be servants of the Lord God almost most high. Not almost high, most high. Anyways, we need to understand that God wants to, to have us live in a victorious manner. My wife, Pastor Laura, is handing me something that I feel like is important. It says, watch your thoughts, for they become words. Watch your words, for they become actions. Watch your actions, for they become habits. Watch your habits. But they become character. Watch your character. Character. For it becomes your destiny. It says author unknown. <clears throat> All of that to say this. We need to, to think about <coughs> what we're thinking about. We've got to set boundaries. We've got to do what the Bible talks about. It says... Taking captive every thought and bringing it unto the obedience of Christ. In other words, if the devil puts a thought in your mind that is not lining up with the word of God, you need to take it captive. You need to bring it to the, to the foot of the cross to Jesus and say, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, take this thought from me because I don't want to end up doing this. And you know what? He'll do that. He'll take it. Because he doesn't want you living in sin. He doesn't want you living outside of the realm of his parameters. He, did you know the reason that God's word is so full of boundaries and limits is because he's doing it for your protection. He's doing it because he loves you. He's doing it because he wants you to live a righteous and holy and sanctified life. That word sanctified means to be set apart for God. We are to be set apart for Him and to live our life for Him and only Him. You know, sometimes we come into conflict with family members or friends when it comes to choosing our path in life, living for Jesus. Because they, they may say, well, you're just being a holy roller. You're just being a, uh, you know, whatever. And, and we need to understand that it doesn't matter what they call us. We've got to choose Jesus every time. We've got to choose the Word of God to live what it tells us to do every time. That's, what's, that's why it is so important that we think about what we think about. And before we speak a word, we've got to realize that our words have either life or death in them. And we've got to be sure that we're speaking life. Over ourselves, over others, and over our situations in life. You know, 
I've been out on the golf course before, and I've hit a bad shot. And you know what? I end up making a bad confession. I say, I'm never going to be able to hit this ball right. That's what I'll say. I've said it before, and I've said it many a time. And then as soon as I do, though, I've actually felt the conviction of the Spirit. Saying, talking like that, you're right. You never will. So, I repent. And I ask God to forgive me of it. And the next shot I hit, a lot of times, turns out to be one of the most beautiful shots I've ever seen in my life and ever hit in my life. You see what I'm getting at? Is that we've got to be careful. Because what we the Bible says this. It's in Mark 11, it says, you will have whatever you say you have. And we always put that in a positive context. But that didn't say that, did it? It said, whatever you say you have, you may have. You will have. And so if I speak negative, it's going to be negative. If I speak positive, it's going to be positive. And that's what I need to do and understand today. Is that I can either speak death or I can speak life. I can speak discouragement or encouragement. I can speak the good things or I can speak the bad things. And the Bible says that I will reap a harvest from those things that I speak. And so we've got to be careful what we let come out of this mouth. That's why in James chapter 3 it talks about taming the tongue. I'm not going to turn there, but it says we need to tame the tongue. It says that we have used bridles to, to tame horses. And we have used rudders to direct the way a ship should go. So why is it that we cannot tame our tongue? It's because it's an unruly evil. We've got to understand today, folks, that it's only through the power of the Spirit that we can bring our mouth in line with God's Word. And whenever we do, we'll see positive results. When we begin to speak the Word of God, when we begin to confess the Word of God, We've got to understand, folks, that, that it's so important that we do what this tells us to do. And it tells us to, it tells us in verse number one, it says to lay aside, well, let's see what it says. It says, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. In other words, don't quit. Don't give up. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing through. Did you know that the woman with the issue of blood, the day that Jesus healed her, she would not have had that healing had she decided to let the press of the crowd keep her from reaching Jesus? She would have stayed afflicted with her disease for the, maybe the rest of her life, if she had let that crowd stop her. But she didn't. She pushed through. She pressed on. And she said to herself, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. Praise God. And she was. Because she touched him. And as soon as she did, one that scripture passage I just quoted about, it says that he stopped and he turned and he said, who touched me? And there was a throng of people that day, folks. Everybody in Tom, Dick, and Harry was touching him. I mean, they were right there pressed up against him. They were touching him. And yet Jesus said, who touched me? 
And his disciples said, what do you mean, who touched you? You see all these people, and yet you say, who touched me? And it's because she's the only one that touched him with faith. Believing that she would be healed. And she was. And that's the same thing that we're talking about today is this. That there's, there was an endurance to her getting to Jesus. She pushed through. She pressed on. She didn't quit. She didn't give up. She reached her goal. She touched his garment. And she was made well in her. And that's the same thing that will happen for us. If we refuse to quit. Refuse to give up. Finish. Finishing what you've started. This is what we need to continue to strive for. Verse number two says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That word looking actually means, the word signifies undivided attention, looking away from all distractions in order to fix one's gaze on one object. That object in this case being Jesus. You know, we have to... Let me give you another example. One day there was a really bad storm taking place. And Jesus had already sent his disciples in a boat across the, the water to get to the other side. And he was all alone and by himself on the seashore. And then about 3 o'clock in the morning, I believe it was, he starts to walk on the water. And he almost gets to the boat. And they see him and they cry out in fear, saying, it's a ghost. And Jesus said, be of good cheer, it is I. And so Peter says, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And as soon as he does, Peter comes out of the boat and he begins to walk on the water. There's only been two people in all of history that has ever accomplished that. Jesus being one and Peter being the second. He begins to walk on the water to get to Jesus. And it appears from what happens here, he's almost to Jesus when all of a sudden he gets his eyes off of Jesus. His eyes was on Jesus that whole time until he begins to look around and sees how boisterous the wind is and the waves are. And all of a sudden he becomes afraid and all of a sudden he begins to sink in the water. And then he cries out, Lord, save me. That was the best thing he could do under the circumstance. Lord, save me. But, and it says that he reaches out and he takes him by the hand and lifts him up and they walk back to the boat together. And Jesus said, why did you doubt, O oh, you of little faith? In other words, why did you give up? Why did you quit? Why did you let the things of this world make you afraid? When there's no reason to be afraid, when your eyes are on me. Because I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to minister to you. I'm going to meet that need you've got. Whether it's financial, spiritual, emotional, mental, Physical, whatever it is, he's going to meet that need for you. <clears throat> but you've got to keep your eyes on him. Looking unto him, 
the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the one that's going to complete it. And you know what? I've done the same thing as Peter's done. I've started out with faith. I've started out thinking to myself, I'm going to make it through because Jesus is on my side. And if he's for me, who can be against me? And I've had that mentality before, and I've started out thinking that. And then all of a sudden, things begin to turn sideways. How many of y'all ever had turn, things turn sideways on you in your life? Amen? In other words, there's, there's things that seem to be okay, but then something happens, and a monkey wrench gets thrown in there, and the devil does something to disrupt things, and all of a sudden, he causes your mind to begin to doubt and worry and have fear, and you begin to get your eyes off of Jesus, and you begin to focus on the problem, and all of a sudden, you begin to sink. And the same thing has happened to me before. But then... Like Jesus said, why did you doubt? And all of a sudden, I get my faith back, and I get back on track with the Lord, and I begin to follow after Him again in whatever it is He's called me to do, and I get to the other side, just like these guys did. And that's what I'm saying to us tonight is this, folks. Keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on Him. Don't let anything of this world turn you away. There's, there's a song, something about, don't let aught turn you around. In other words, don't let anything hinder you from walking in the ways of God. Don't let anything hinder you from reaching the other side. Don't let anything make you want to quit or give up or, or, or turn or throw in the towel. You know, there's a movie I've seen one time called Rocky. And he's got a bad cut on his eye. Seems like it won't quit bleeding. And his manager wants to throw in the towel. But Rocky says, no, let's don't do that. And he gets up every round, and he goes on, and he goes on, and he goes on. And he ends up winning the championship. And what I'm saying to you is, tonight is this. As long as you don't quit and give up, you, have, you will reach the other side. You will become the tortoise in the tortoise and hare. You will get there eventually. Just don't get discouraged about the slow progress you may be making in the meanwhile. That's the thing. Don't give up. Don't quit. And don't, don't get discouraged. So what I'm saying to us tonight is this. There's one last passage of scripture I want us to look at. And then we're closing out. And it's called in Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6. I'll give you a minute to get there. Get turned there. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6. It says, Being confident of this very thing, that he, talking about God, he who has begun a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. What is going to make sure that that's an actual promise to me? Your submission. Your, your submission to God. As long 
as you continue to surrender your heart, your life, your dreams, your aspirations, everything that you are, everything that you ever will be, as long as you surrender it to God. He has begun, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior, He began a good work in you. He began the life of Jesus being developed and formed inside of you. And as long as you don't rebel, and I said rebel, because when you're not living for God, you're rebelling against God. And if we, as long as we don't rebel against the Holy Spirit, as long as we don't rebel against the will of God being done in our life, as long as we don't rebel against the Lord Jesus Christ, then we will see victory in our life. We will see that good work completed until the day of Jesus Christ. And I'll notice it said, until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, it's an ongoing thing. It's a daily thing. Every day I've got to make my mind up, as I preached earlier today, here and at the nursing home. I preach that you've got to uh, make sure. Oh, I had the train of thought and now I lost it again. <laughs> but I do want to say this. Oh, yes, sanctification is an ongoing process. Well, so is living your life for Jesus Christ. So is being redeemed by Jesus Christ. Yes, it's a present thing. It's a present situation in your life that you are saved, that you have become a born-again Christian in Jesus Christ. But it's a continuous work. Every day I've got to make that decision that I'm going to follow Jesus. And I'm going to surrender my all to him. We sing a song back in the day when I was in another denomination. We sing it quite often for an offertory. For, I mean, not an offertory. As an invitational song. It was called, I Lay My All on the Altar. Something like that. I surrender all. I surrender all. There you go, brother. I surrender all. That's the name of the song. And we've got to make that decision every single day, folks. I surrender all. And you know what? God will take that. And he'll complete that work of redemption inside of you. He'll complete that good work that he's begun in you. He'll begin, he will complete the formation of Jesus Christ inside of you until he's ready to call you home. Or until Jesus comes. Either way. Because he is coming back again. He is coming back again. His, his, the rapture is going to take place. I can't tell you when, but I'll like, tell you like a friend of mine says, as each day goes by, it's 24 hours closer. He is coming back. In light of eternity, it is going to be soon. Yeah. It could be another thousand years from hell now, but I very doubt, very seriously, the way things are going in this world today, we have never been more close to the return of Jesus Christ than I think we have been right now. Because there's earthquakes, there's pestilence, there's there's famines, there's all these different things taking place. There's wars and rumors of wars. All these different end time events taking place. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, these are the things that's going to happen right before I come. And I will make sure that the gospel is preached in all the world. Did 
you know that that has become more and more of a reality? Yes. I don't know how many more people need to hear about Jesus Christ. But I do know this. It's getting closer and closer. And that trumpet's going to sound. And the archangel's going to shout. And Jesus is going to descend from heaven. And he's coming to get his bride. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for helping us in finishing what you started. We pray, dear God, that you would help us to surrender our all to you today, every day, and that, Lord, we give ourselves to you right now. We ask, dear Lord, that you would just develop and form inside of us the very nature and the likeness and, and the character of Jesus Christ. We thank you, dear God, that we are going to be made more like him than we've ever been before. And Lord, we thank you, dear God, that Jesus is coming soon. And we thank you, Lord, that he's coming to get his bride and that we're part of that bride. And I thank you that these things are done. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. At, at this time, every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to ask, as I always do, here lately, is there anyone here tonight that would say, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but I want to tonight. Would you rip, lift your hand and let me pray with you the prayer of salvation? Those of you that are watching by Facebook Live, if that's you tonight, if you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then I just pray that you pray this simple prayer with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your forgiveness. I confess my sins to you. I admit my guilt in my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross in my place for my sins. I receive him now into my life as my Lord and Savior. And I ask him to live his life in me and through me from this day on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just said that prayer and you meant it from your heart and you said it in faith, guess what? You're a born-again Christian in Jesus Christ. It's that simple, folks. And we, we, I just encourage you to find a church home, whether it be here or somewhere else. I pray it's here because we got some really great things God's been doing in our midst. And we would love to have you come and be a part of what God's doing here at our church. Quero Assembly of God at 201 West Royce Boulevard, R-E-U. SS, we ask God, ask that you would just consider us at least and be able to be willing to come. We have um, intercessory prayer on Sunday mornings at 9.45 to 10.15. We also have service itself on Sunday morning at 10.30. And we do traditional hymns and praise and worship. And then, of course, on Sunday nights we, at 6 o'clock, we have, inter, uh, we have uh, contemporary music. We combine... Uh, contemporary songs and uh, hymn book songs together and we uh, uh, worship and praise and we would love to have you come. It starts at 6 o'clock on Sunday nights. We also have intercessory prayer meeting at 714 in honor of 2nd Chronicle 714 on Tuesday nights here at the church. So come and, and get blessed by intercessory prayer if you would. And other than that, I just wanted to let you know that we're 
expecting great and mighty things in the days ahead that God is going to be doing here. So come and be a part of what God's doing. We love you. We appreciate you. God bless you.